welcome to the PI Podcast, Political Insights for the Palaging Inis. I'm your host, Matt, and with me is my co-host, political scientist, meme lord, and recovering ivermectin addict, Bored. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's... Hey, hey. Uh, antihistamine siguro, pero wag naman yan. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a horse yet. Yan, eh. I'm not a horse yet. <laughs> not a yet. Not yet, not yet. PI nyo, PI nating lahat, Bored shared your service. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, today, I, well, I think that, this is the first time we're doing an episode in a while. Now we've been having guests and they're yeah, enjoyable, yeah, yeah. but now it's it's just us for now. So, yeah. well, 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 we're here going back to the original flavor of the podcast, but this time it's going to be something that makes us feel, you know, palagi inis. So hopefully mm. we'll add insight into this. Mm. And one thing that people have been uh, in this, you know, na inis tungkol sa political maturity, and it's been going back and forth. You mm. know, as Borges is already new to his ire, you know, unfortunately, yeah. I have returned to Twitter, and <laughs> I've seen a lot of the political discourse of Twitter, and they've been throwing around this concept of political maturity. In particular, mm. uh, it started with remember when Lenny Robredo released mm. her slate of senators, and it included trapos like Jesus mm. Cudero and. Jejumar Binay. Mm. And that, of course, angered some of the purists. And mm. some people would say, hey, this is part of coalition building and compromising. Mm. It's, it's, you're, if you can't stand that, that's political immaturity. And mm. some people would, on the other side would say, no, you have to be consistent with your narrative and the, and the ideology. Mm. The, and that is political immaturity. Or is mm. it, or, and of course, even before that, there's political immaturity in a lot of like op-eds that say that, oh, why isn't the Philippines mm. politically uh, mature? Something like yeah. that. So have you encountered this yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of discourse? And what do you think about it? It, is, it usually emerges during, of course, uh, voter season, election season. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the mechanisms being used by anyone in public discourse to judge everyone else uh, regarding their own selection of candidates. So... Uh, as of now, what I can observe regarding polit- political maturity uh, in public discourse mm-hmm. is that it's more of a rhetorical mechanism than an actual concept for analysis. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. find it troubling because I, I think there's also a lack of uh, examinations mm-hmm. uh, of political maturity as a concept, as something measurable. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, e- it's, it's more like this. it's something that can be filled up easily with your own biases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, we don't have all the same ideas of political maturity. Mm. Usually it's deployed by people from different partisan sides of, mm. with different uh, candidates in mind. Mm. So before we move on, perhaps maybe just uh, to begin with, like, mm. do you consider yourself politically mature, Borge? No. <laughs> PhD candidate <laughs> on political science, Borge. Am I, am I, am I politically mature? Uh, I would leave that to the listeners to judge if I am, but Ooh. We will discuss this later on, how I define, mm-hmm. or not really how I, but uh, how John Dewey defines maturity. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, based on his definition, which I will present mm-hmm. later on, I am not. Right. And I'm proud mm. to be politically mature. Ooh, proud to be politically immature. I, uh, some, some That's parts the of PI the... podcast. Politically <laughs> immature. Politi- politically immature. Uh-oh. I think some parts of me are mature. I mean, there I, I do have solid uh, values, thanks to you. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, other than that, uh, there are some parts of me that are still proudly mature. Go. Uh, are you? So you, 
do you deem yourself as politically mature? I don't know. You're talking about parts. Like, I don't know. I mean, definitely there are some, there's still hair growing out in some parts of me, you know, some there are parts <laughs> of me that are more mature than others. I don't know. I mean, well, people can judge me. I am, ever since I got into Twitter, like I have been low key getting into debates and fights with people in both things, political, philosophical, and, mm-hmm. you know, mundane. So mm-hmm. in some ways, I, I'm definitely not a, a mature person. And I think that's uh, one thing to discuss that whether a politically mature, well, a mature person necessarily means you're a politically mature mm. citizen. Mm. Uh, honestly, in a way, like you, I like the standard definition of maturity. I'm not, I don't consider myself a mature person. You know, I still mm. have toys and I still have, I like jokes, you know, mm. in some ways that's childish. Yeah, mm. I admit to that. But even then, like even um, being educated or being mm. well read in politics, I'm definitely not politically mature at least to Mm. my own standards even and we'll Mm. go into that when we define what exactly is political maturity so of course we eased a bit what it is but borge um what do you what do you think political maturity is or maybe what and if ever can connect that with what have you learned in the literature as political scientists yes regarding political maturity no again a warning to our listeners uh, whenever we're Mm -hmm. discussing concepts Again, we must make a concept distinct. Okay, so I think for now, uh, what we should uh, make something distinct is political maturity is something distinct from from being principled. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. I I think I can say that I am principled, but Mm -hmm. uh, still immature. But going back to our formal definition, uh, you can check it out. Uh, From John Dewey, Mm -hmm. from his work, Democracy Mm -hmm. in Education, he actually Mm -hmm. defines immaturity first instead of mm. going directly at maturity. And his, his work on democracy and education is, of course, one of the landmark works on political education, a civic education. Mm. Uh, mm. So for him, immaturity, first and foremost, is not something that indicates a lack. It is not a void. Mm. It is not something that, it is not indicative of something that you don't have. Okay? Uh, for mm. John Dewey, in the context of growth, his focus is on growth because education for him is mm-hmm. concerned with growth. Uh, the primary condition of growth is immaturity, and immaturity is not a bad thing. Instead, mm-hmm. immaturity refers first and foremost to potentiality, okay? To have the uh, potential to be and to do something that is effective, that is efficacious, that is practical. Uh, the, the potential to shape your own environment. That's basically one part mm-hmm. of it. The other part of immaturity that I, I would also like to emphasize is plasticity. Uh, to have flexible, uh, well, flexible values, flexible attitudes, to to be able to absorb, you know, to, to be able mm-hmm. to absorb impacts of experience and, of course, impacts of education itself. So, mm-hmm. and last one would be interdependence. Well, he defined it as dependence, but he made the qualification that this uh, to be immature is to have a measure of dependence with other people. And of mm. course, it, it, in a social perspective, it becomes interdependence. So he also warns about <laughs> he actually made a warning regarding uh, looking at growth as thorough independence because thorough independence mm. can make someone aloof from society and from others. Mm-hmm. So he also made that warning. So again, just to sum up, for John Dewey from, the Demo- from Democracy and Education, uh, polit- mm-hmm. Immaturity. Immaturity refers to plasticity, the flexibility of our minds, uh, the, we, as a container of mm-hmm. a potentials, capacity to mm-hmm. potential capacity to shape our environment, and of course, uh, dependence on other people. 
So, mm. so yeah, that's immaturity. Yeah. For, and, and his argument is that, uh, his argument is to harness that immaturity you know, in, in education, in forming a system of education in, inside the classroom or outside. Mm-hmm. It is to uh, make people more absorbent to experiences, to help them process such mm-hmm. experiences, but to keep them open. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he's also advocating adults to be child, childlike, you know, in, mm-hmm. in looking at the world to be more childlike and uh, yeah. have wonder, sense of wonder and innocence. So, so yeah, mm. that's, that's for John Dewey. That is an interesting one, especially when, you know, it's the capacity to still grow and that's quite mm. positive. So by yeah. that definition, it's no wonder why you're so proud to be immature because you can mm-hmm. still learn new things and see things as a child. Yeah. It was having Ikangani Jesus, let the little children come to me and for yeah. theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yep. Yeah. Very Christian. But uh, for me, I took a different approach. Mm. Uh, well, I do generally agree with that. I did try to think about it. Uh, first of all, I, I did try to go to Google Scholar. Mm. I tried to go to LiveGen and the usual mm. things and see what the articles have. And there aren't a lot, surprisingly. You know, people mm. like, in a way, that's one thing we have to take note. <laughs> Philippines, the Philippines likes to use political maturity in, precisely because of our conditions. Maybe mm. out of like this, they see, we see ourselves as politically immature. Therefore, we're trying to strive mm. for maturity. Uh, but, in rea- but if you look at the literature, they don't really talk about it a lot. But the few mm. that do have this to say. So at least um, there's this one article I found with Hutchins, Robert Hutchins. He is an educator. Mm. And the weird thing is that he doesn't really define political maturity, but he does he does bemoan the lack of citizens. Mm. And he he opens this article by saying that we do not have to agree with each other. Not everyone has to agree mm. with everyone, but we do have to be able to understand each other. Mm. And that for him, that is the model of a citizen Hmm. and he in order for you to do that to be able to communicate and to be able to understand you have to have a centralized liberal education wherein it is you know education is integrated with another so Hmm. for example the philosophy mathematics political scientists uh political science are all integrated towards becoming a whole person to be able to understand the world and each other Hmm. so that's that's one another one is uh, it's weird. It's a bit Cottle, I think, is his name. Around mm. the same time, 1975, very old. He also talks about immaturity, and it is usually invoked when behavior is deemed excessive. So, mm. in a way, he he calls well. His article is entitled uh, "Maturity: A Biomedical mm. or Political Concept." So, this is not a, a political or social science uh, necessarily, mm. but even biological or biomedical definitions of maturity mm. is considered, you know, politicized. Mm. This is almost Foucauldian, you know. <laughs> so it's more like, so it's again, it's used, I suppose, to illustrate a normative ideal. When you mm. say someone is mature, uh, it represents what he's supposed to be, mm. you know? and so it, that would differ from different community and uh, to community. And I think last one is burned, and this one is a bit more empirical. And this one, mm. I think, the articles from 2013, and they have they they try to measure the political maturity of young people you know mm. young voters from 60 and they operationalize political maturity in with four indicators number one interest in politics so mm. generally you know interested in the news interested in mm. debates in general mm. uh if, you, if, you, if you're neutral you're not interested that's political immaturity right away and then is political efficacy mm. so of course, so that's political participation. Next is attitudinal constraint, meaning I think I suppose their capacity to 
um, to control themselves, you know, without mm. bursting out out of control, jumping uh, into conclusions, jumping conclusions, perhaps, or even like yeah. violently reacting. And then we have, of course, consistency between attitudes mm. and hypothetical voting choice. In other words, they vote for the people uh, consistent with their own beliefs. Mm. So these are very clear indicators of what political maturity is yeah. and this is behavior so again it's not not quite united or there's no clear consensus but one mm. thing is clear is that it is um it is it, it's depending on a normative good you know what is ideal even in the one that is behavioral it's mm. they're trying to measure you know what is what they consider is a good voter so anything to react to yeah, that? Uh, I think my first reaction would be what we have here is two types of relativist approaches. We have mm. two types of relativist approaches. Uh, the articles that you have just summarized right now presents one type of relativist approach, which is kanya-kanya end goal, you know, uh, different end goals, different measures of maturity. John Dewey, on the other hand, presents a different type of uh, relativist, which is mm-hmm. relativist in a sense that you create space for diversity. Mm-hmm instead of mm-hmm. simply assuming that they're, instead of simply entertaining so many multiple uh, end goals what, or whatnot. John Dewey himself presents his own uh, standards on uh, what a citizen should be, but he never used maturity <laughs> really to, to measure mm-hmm. that one. He, so again, you must be, we must be sensitive uh, to our listeners. We must be sensitive with distinctions in, in concepts. So citizenship, is it about political maturity? Is it about, politi- is it, is it about political immaturity? Uh, so these are two different things. These are two different issues altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we look at immaturity from the perspective of growth, it becomes different in comparison mm-hmm. to looking at immaturity from a specific set of standards. And uh, I mm-hmm. think what John Dewey did was, of course, what John Dewey did as, as, along with the other pragmatists is mm-hmm. to, you know, Aristotle, I think, underlies the articles that you have presented. Mm-hmm. I can smell Aristotle in, in, in those arguments. I can smell Aristotle Ooh. in those arguments. It smells, smell like, good? smells like Aristotle. <laughs> it smells Greek and olive oil. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> but, uh, but for John Dewey, I, I think he's, he also tackles Aristotle. He's also Aristotelian, but he's looking more at the methods, really, you know, uh, mm-hmm. creating a, a space, creating an environment mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. someone to grow, okay, for someone to grow through, not against, through immaturity, mm. okay, to, to be class, to, to have, uh, to be open to new ideas, to be, uh, and, and again, this is, again, this is from the, from the perspective of education, as, as one of the books that you have recommended to me regarding the brain, uh, from a biological perspective, maturity is unavoidable. Okay, so our brains, as, a, as that book said, our brains would, of course, reach a certain peak when we would grow less and less open to mm-hmm. less and less open to new ideas. And mm-hmm. if you would combine those two, if you would combine John Dewey's perspective and uh, that fact, that mm-hmm. biological fact, then mm-hmm. John Dewey's approach appears to be a means to alleviate the impacts of such a mm-hmm. neurological reality that our brains at time would eventually become relatively close to new ideas so no I, I think I think my ideal you know okay let, let's try to look at it from the argument of political maturity I'll ask you a question how would you look at yourself what is your ideal 
condition as an old person when you're con for example uh, what do you want yourself to do as an old person when you're confronted with something new that you cannot understand mm. actually I, I like that I like that um, connection actually tying back to maturity because maturity in a way is a biological reality as much yeah, as a social is. reality mm. and there are biological limits to it right? mm. no matter how uh, how much you want to the brain has its limits and it will stop mm. Uh, developing brain cells and at mm. a certain time like the, your the amount of cells you know the, people say this all the time biological <coughs> growth the mm. amount of cells in your body start to, to degenerate faster than it can mm. replicate itself starting at age 25 mm. so it's kind of sad you know but when mm. it comes to like going to i suppose that the while there's a biological limit i think it's uh, it's we stopped growing because by that time it is assumed that what we have become is sufficient mm. to react to whatever environment that mm. we are in. um that we are in or we are confronted with because it's mm. weird like even if for example like you and I are well beyond the twenty five mm. and more oh, sorry to, uh, to point that mm -hmm. out but but in a way we are relying on the skills that we have already mm. uh, accumulated you know uh, our reading habits or studying habits mm. so when like for example mm. when you said that when we encounter something new we normally fall back on on stock knowledge mm. on old skills that we've learned already so that's why our that's why our education system is based on that biological reality that we kind of have um we we our brains to grow and develop and mature at mm. age 25 so grad students older than 25, mm. it's a little, it's, it's already suboptimal. Mm. So that's funny. But be, be, despite that biological reality, there is still the social reality. Like while we, our capacity to change our brains, you know, our mm. organ as organs, our, our bodies as well. Mm. Uh, in fact, even our physical bodies, you know, some people who are athletes, they say mm. that their physical peaks or when they, they can, they have to retire at the, in a lot of sports, they have to retire at age 30 or around that time. Mm. Some people, they make exceptions, but really maybe 40, that's the limit for a lot of mm. sports, especially competitive sports. Maybe in solo sports, like, I don't know, like what, golf or mm. shooting, maybe, or billiards even, that's not really intense. But like basketball, you know, very few people stay beyond like 50 or 40. I don't know. I'm not sure about athletes, but for a lot of athletes, 30 is the limit. But when it comes to social reality, you know, social reality, like it, it, all, there are all sorts of situations. Mm -hmm. And I think if there's already this, like, a, like one of my favorite podcasts, again, is the Dark Horse podcast. And these two are evolution of biologists. And they say that right now, because of the Internet, we are like the information technology bring us so many changes you know especially in globalization they're changing our environment faster than we can actually keep up because mm. our evolution well while human beings are the most adaptable biological beings on the planet you know we're used to slow gradual changes mm. and not like the changes that we have in the internet or politics like of war etc mm. in a way sometimes there's even this phenomenon wherein um like even uh babies inherit the trauma that was from several uh generations ago so mm. i don't know so there's still some things that we are still coming to grips with 
There so are... there's a limit to, yeah, biological <clears throat> limit mm. as well as a social limit, maybe. Yeah. So I, but I suppose that's a scary thing. The social is producing so many problems faster mm. than the biological <laughs> hardware can keep up. But I, I said a lot of things. But what do you think about that? No, 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 you did not answer my question. But uh, again, uh, just a rejoinder. What the, <clears throat> I, I think I yeah, did. Yeah, you know? yeah, I said, yeah. what do you want to see? Or how do you see yourself as an old person confronting new things? I would see you, myself. You, I would yeah. see. I would see myself falling back to stock knowledge and things that I have already accumulated. You know, that's what that's okay. my answer. Okay, yeah, yeah, a, you said that's that in a more thing. you said that in a more general sense. But okay, fair, fair, fair. But uh, yeah, I think I think my response would. What's your answer to that question? Uh, to this one would be. Well, yes. Uh, again, the mind is bound by biology and it is bound by society. Mm-hmm. It is bound by our own. We can control parts of ourselves. That is one thing. We are not mm-hmm. reducible to our organs. We are not reducible to ourselves, yet they yeah. determine who we are. So I think mm-hmm. one key takeaway from uh, what you have said for our mm-hmm. viewers, and I think we can elaborate on this one, is that we can form habits of thought. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. form habits of thought. And John Dewey emphasized this one in his work. Education is about forming habits of thought. And mm-hmm. we can create a habit of openness that would allow us to receive with, mm-hmm. uh, with grace, <laughs> would allow mm-hmm. us to receive with grace and critical mm-hmm. thought new things mm-hmm. that uh, in due time we could no longer understand it. Because, you know, regarding that one, uh, <clears throat> I am training myself to be like that because I, you know, we were aging. Uh, we can now feel the generation gap between our students. So, and I, and I can observe that one because again, I, I started teaching young. So, mm-hmm. so that must be a long time ago. Gago. So, yeah. <laughs> but but for, for my case, I have, I'm striving to have uh, a habit of being open to new ideas, mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. being open to change. So even if I cannot understand change in due time, when mm-hmm. I'm, God forsaken old, I would like to keep my mind sharp. But if I could no longer understand it, I will not hate it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that I will not. So, yeah. so there, there are still parts of our minds that we can still control. Even if we mm-hmm. are partially determined by our cellular structures, we can even control our own mm-hmm. diets to alleviate the effects mm-hmm. of aging. So yeah. ha- habits would be a key term that uh, we can mm-hmm. include in analyzing what maturity and immaturity is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I think what I was trying to highlight is that it's important now to keep uh, to keep studying, keep trying to trying to learn things and be open. Mm. You know, it yeah. can be an attitude, but at the same time, the attitude, uh, well, so the the spirit can be willing, you know, and sometimes mm. it can compensate. But at the, at the same time, the brain is just like that; it's set in its ways. In mm. fact, some people are just like I know some people who are progressive, and when they talk to their old, like uh, their older relatives, they just accept it because it's hard to teach uh, an old dog, quote unquote, <laughs> tricks. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We compared old people to dogs, and I suppose we are. I don't know. You and I are clo- going getting close to being old curmudgeons. We are. Parang na iingay na tayo sa mga bata or na iinis na tayo na parang. But ganon yung mga masano maingay. But you know it. Again, well, per- perhaps one is to keep that. Ad- well, this is all there not to be ab- about aging. My goodness, is the political maturity necessarily have to be a- about aging? Because on the one hand, that in a way, it mm. falls into a kind of political immaturity. Eventually, when in- when you're a- advanced biologically, mm. you're unable to perhaps understand the new social phenomenon, the new patterns, and you become intolerant. In a regard, so I mean, I think that well, even, if, if, yeah. if one becomes intolerant, if one if one's values become solidified, 
that is basically maturity as far as John Dewey is concerned. Oh, ay, ayaw, okay. Ay, ay, ang mal, uh, ayaw mo lang kung anong nangyari. Mm-hmm. You, you would prefer people to have solid values on being open. You would prefer them to have solid mm-hmm. attitudes on uh, yeah. being liberal and loving liberty, on protecting other people's liberties. You want them to have those values. But mm-hmm. if you don't want them to, if you don't want the values that they have and it's solidified, you cannot simply say that they're mm-hmm. immature. They are mature. Mm. Ayaw mo lang na ganun sila. <laughs> that, that, that is, yeah. That's the vice for person. So that is the problem underlying the use of the word political maturity right now in public discourse. Mm-hmm. Kesa ba mm-hmm. ayaw mo nang ugali nila, immature na ba? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, they, if you I don't mean, like their behavior, or, or is, is that indicative of immaturity? I mean, technically, it's like when you look at an old person, mm. although it's, it is not always obvious, but they're already, in a way, so to put this clearly, like their disk space is used up. So mm. they have a lot of information, a lot of <laughs> stories, a lot of values, mm. a lot of biases. So it's it, it's a big ask for you to say, mm. just accept and go with the times. And they're but literally they're the product of certain times. And so, mm. and I, there are people who have, um, who have despite their age, have been open to new phenomenon and mm. new uh, yeah. and new patterns. But yeah. there, these are. Exceptions, you know. Yeah. In fact, I, I know well one of my favorite authors, Harold Bloom, is mm. he has this he has defined the Western canon, but he during, when he was being interviewed, he constantly hates uh JK Rowling and Stephen mm. King, two authors that at mm. least popularized reading, and he's mm. resents it because this is not the reading he's used to. He's mm. it's not the reading that mm. uh informed him with the Western canon, like Shakespeare or Ulysses mm. or Walt Whitman. But just because they're not Walt Whitman or like these mm. things doesn't mean that they're not valuable. I mm. personally be- had the habit of reading precisely because of J.K. Rowling. You judge mm. me if you're not. You know, <laughs> she might be unpopular right now because of her opinions on trans mm. people. But, you know, I mean, she's... St- I-, I think recently we celebrated the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter. But anyway, yeah. that's... Yeah. That's, so, a, that's, that's a great tangent. Great. But uh, yeah, you're regarding exceptions. Yeah. Uh, one exception mm-hmm. would be Karl Marx. At the end of oh? his life, at the end of his life, he was revising class analysis, his own class analysis, the one that made him famous. Yeah. He was revising it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, he did, he died before he finished the revisions. He had an, oh. uh, the capital was basically an unfinished project for him because for him thinking mm-hmm. lasts, critical thinking lasts for an entire lifetime. So oh. there are exceptions. You know what is sad right now, mm-hmm. which is something that I would like to observe is, yes, mm-hmm. we have discussed maturity political maturity or maturity in general in, in relation to age. We can, mm-hmm. we can uh, I would not use the word excuse, but we understand mm-hmm. if old people could no longer mm-hmm. process, could no longer be as open mm-hmm. as they were before. The sad thing is mm-hmm. if young people with so much disk space in their heads yeah. could no longer process <laughs> new things, is as intolerant mm-hmm. as the old and oh, could yeah. no longer accept yes. change. That is the sad thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean the, the fact that they are digital natives, they have all this information, all these yeah. memes and songs. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's they're just as intolerant. You know, you're right. Yeah. You know, because that's because they can't ha- handle more space or handle mm. any change. You know, it's clear to us that it does well. Political maturity, well, or immaturity can be, exist in either age. I don't know. It, I don't know why age yeah. became a. <laughs> yeah, they, theme, but yeah, it, it becomes it, it is a necessary theme that we must recognize. I say again, as, as we have emphasized, neurology and biological facts must take place and must be taken into mm-hmm. account. We just cannot ignore mm-hmm. that we age <laughs> as human beings, mm-hmm. that we are mortal. Mm-hmm. And problem mm-hmm. lang, if, if a young person is as intolerant as an old one, 
neurology mm-hmm. cannot excuse him because uh, mm-hmm. marami pang disk space maliban lang again we, we go back mm-hmm. we go full circle we go back to society probably mm-hmm. that person uh, the development of the brain is of course affected by diet that person mm-hmm. can be malnourished that person can have could have experienced uh, periods mm-hmm. of extreme hunger hence the development of the brain did not go as, mm-hmm. as, as well as other people so pero right. kung, the, the, you know, the case, the most extreme case that I could not excuse in any condition is a young mm-hmm. person, middle class, well-fed, mm-hmm. well-educated, but is as intolerant as an old person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is gracious. inexcusable. You cannot, excuse mm-hmm. in, you cannot excuse that in neurological terms. You cannot excuse that in sociological terms. Mm-hmm. You just cannot excuse that. in. So, so yeah, that's the, sad, that's the saddest case that anyone can find. Yeah. Which is kind of... I suppose precisely what we observe because a lot of supporters of Lenny hmm. are actually disappointed in Lenny, for example, because like she included some not so desirable, not as progressive elements into her senatorial slate. Hmm. So that's perhaps that's one again, that's another form of political immaturity being unable to compromise and compromise. I suppose even people who have been in politics have been immersed in politics say that it is a necessary part of the game. So that's, for, but, for but, a certain camp, yeah, mm, that's political but, uh, maturity. But I think, okay, uh, I think we are now moving on to another level of maturity here okay. because we have been discussing mm-hmm. maturity at the level of individuals. I think mm. the picture would change at the level of systems. Okay. So that, I think that's a challenge for us because the mm. arguments that we have just presented right now is, applic- is applicable for individuals. So mm. the first, this, the first part is applicable for individuals, but political maturity would change when you start discussing entire systems so the question mm. i think would be how can you call a system mature mm. well that's funny because I, a lot of our standards a lot of our politics is based on mm. the american system and that's why we observe it we, you and i've discussed it several times in the podcast mm. and a lot of our again um like the same way we say that time the month i think was it the hashtag time the month? around this time mm. last year that mm. said that Okay, they beat Trump. Let's beat Duterte. So the fact that we are still, in a way, comparing ourselves mm. to uh, the, uh, the Americans because, in a way, we inherited their system and many parts of our culture, I mm. suppose that's indicative of why people use political maturity. And they yeah. use political maturity, you know, the standard of their political maturity is other countries and not ourselves. Mm. So for, to answer your question with whether or not the political uh, system is mature honestly that is an interesting question i'm not sure how it is but if ever my fallback would be uh whatever america decides to be p- what political maturity is you know mm. it, it, like a lot of people would say again the capacity to compromise because like the american system the philippines relies a lot mm. on coalition building now of course dynamics are different but it's still coalition building negotiation compromise and consensus building mm. it might well, I don't know. well, you may argue that they're quite different in the Philippines in the presidential bandwagon, but mm. it, I mean, there's still, again, push and pull tug of war. So I don't know. I mean, what do you think about that with the question that you just raised? Uh, I think, first and foremost, we, we need to understand the nature of the question itself. Uh, mm-hmm. First and foremost, can we apply uh, arguments on political maturity at an individual mm-hmm. level? Can we apply it at the level of the entire political system? Mm. And that's the that's a tricky part. Mm-hmm. If we try to apply John Dewey's definition of immaturity, mm. and of course mm. maturity for that case, 
which mm-hmm. is plasticity, flexibility, uh, mm-hmm. interdependence would be there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the plasticity part would be more applicable for entire systems as well as mm-hmm. the room for growth. And if mm-hmm. we would apply that to the case of the Philippines, my mm-hmm. argument is that we are already politically mature. Mm-hmm. This is the best that we can have at this point for the past few generations. Mm-hmm. We have no room for growth here in the Philippines. We have very little room for growth. Very little mm-hmm. room for growth. We, our values have solidified. There are old values emerging, dormant ones. I have predicted them way back in 2013. I knew that they would come mm-hmm. back and now they're back mm-hmm. and now my research is more relevant. So I uh-huh. think... Well, I, I, I would not say, I would not say that we are politically mature if there are new values emerging, mm-hmm. you know, if there are new values emerging or if there are new values mm-hmm. that are becoming more rampant, but we are looking mm-hmm. at old sets of values. So mm-hmm. I cannot say that there's room for growth here in the Philippines on one hand, and we are no longer as mm-hmm. plastic, as, as flexible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So contrary to any liberals who would say that, mm-hmm we are politically mature based on American standards. And I think the American standards are not even tied with Dewey. So just plain basic mm. uh, mimicry. Mm. Contrary to them, I would say that the Philippines is politically mature. This is it. Mm. You know, uh, right. this is it. If, mm-hmm. So make Philippines immature again if you want change. <laughs> uh, interesting. <laughs> so, okay, so just to recap, Philippines yeah. is already mature because it can no longer l- learn new things. Yeah, generally. Um, generally. Mostly. I don't know. I mean, it's a big claim, really. There are still rooms words... for no? there are still rooms for growth. I mean, the, the democratization mm. is still moving. But again, if you would look at democratization in the Philippines, it is moving in limited in a limited manner in local government. Mm-hmm. So it, it could no longer reach the national level. So mm. we do have exceptions. Again, exceptions mm-hmm. are not sources of hope. Exceptions mm. are deviant. To the rule and the rule is mm. not democratic mm. so can you cite examples of similar cases where there's political maturity you know in other or in systems in other contexts just to see I, if there's I, a comparison I think, uh, okay political maturity in a sense of uh in a sense of having no space for growth and having mm. uh inflexible values or whatnot mm. uh well the, the western countries are politically mm. mature Mm. They've reached their peak. They've reached their peak of uh, development. That's why mm. you, you cannot find any new movements in Europe. Ang yare for the past mm. few years, what you had are resurgence of right-wing ideas. Mm-hmm. And these are mm-hmm. old ones. They're not new. Yeah. They're just repackaged. Mm-hmm. So, right. so yeah, they're, yeah. Ma- they're mature, but they're doing better. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're also mature, but we're doing worse. Why? Because... Yeah. Uh, again, uh, our sense of maturity is <laughs> well. Then Bell, you would mm. say anti-developmental. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like being able to look at it through like the metaphor of the body. You know, when it starts to mm. when again when it reaches its peak, it starts to break down. Mm. And sometimes, like for example, in in a lot of societies, uh, people say this: like if, if, during times of peace, mm. you don't don't have battles to fight. It starts to eat itself mm. or tries to eat its like destroy to decompose itself yeah. and somehow that's happening in america mm. and like in a lot of the western mm. countries so that's an int- but you know uh, i do have mm. i do have some examples of countries who became mm. immature again mm. i have examples i have historical examples of countries who became okay. immature again oh, yeah. Me- meiji japan during the meiji mm. restoration 
So as you said, uh, countries that have lost uh, any cause of war would start eating itself. So or stability, long-term stability. Yeah, long-term stability would start eating itself. That's basically Japan mm-hmm. under the Tokugawa regime. So they have established mm-hmm. long-term stability. The samurai class mm-hmm. became bureaucratic class. Uh, they are mm-hmm. no longer warriors. So right. Japan entered a period of childlike amazement and awe mm-hmm. and terror in the face of mm. Western technology. So they right. were forced to be immature. <laughs> they were forced mm. to be mature. And by being immature, mm-hmm. they started mimicking the West. They started mm. mimicking the West. They started mimicking German bureaucratic practices. They started mimicking mm. uh, European military uh, technology. They started absorbing mm. uh, all sorts of uh, practices, systems, structures, technologies from other countries. And mm-hmm. that's, that's Japan becoming Im- immature again. Mm-hmm. That is the condition of Japan becoming mature, and out of that immaturity, it grew. But mm-hmm. then again, the growth itself is dependent on your history, so they became fascist. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, mm-hmm. the re- no, regarding that one, uh, just an example, that uh, history doesn't repeat itself. If history does repeat itself, Japan would have been more traditionalist. Mm-hmm. But in Japan, what th- there was actually a faction uh, in Japan mm-hmm. that is thoroughly traditionalist and militaristic. Mm-hmm. Right. They were stamped out. What replaced mm. them would be the militaristic and modernizing, modernizing mm. faction uh, who became eventually the fascists in Japan. Mm. So, so yeah, uh, that, that's one case of uh, a country becoming immature again mm. and achieving so make Philippines immature again. MP, yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know, maybe, yeah. Uh, Just to piss mm. off anyone using the term political maturity right now, based mm-hmm. on our own understanding of history, based on our mm-hmm. understanding of neurology, based right. on our understanding of education and psychology. Yes, mm-hmm. make Philippines immature again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I suppose there's still a, a, a motivation or I suppose a perk mm-hmm. there because to strive for political maturity means as you've reached that stability and you need not learn anything else. Because to be honest, like to be able to learn something else, mm-hmm. stability, you can rest. You can finally retire. Mm-hmm. The problem is the globe the, the world never stops you know mm. it's in so a country must always be able to adapt to change to absorb mm. but, of course in a balanced way but uh, it's yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I i actually see that uh but right now i think we don't really understand that in the level of systems or in countries mm. it's still on the level of like individuals that we or sectors inside we don't like mm. in some sense political maturity is still whatever it means for the elite because yeah. they feel like they're the ones who are mature. Quote, unquote, mature. Yeah. Yeah. What can you say about that? Um, you, you know what? Probably they are. I would say mm-hmm. that they are, but not in the way that they like it. They're mature because their brains are stuck. They're intolerant. Yeah. They're no longer yeah. susceptible to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or they're no mm-hmm. longer susceptible to diversity, even yeah. if they want change. So- <laughs> so political maturity is not necessarily a good thing wherein you have all the skills. You can be mature, but still stunted. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you, know, that, that's, you know, that's the thing. Political maturity cannot be the cause of development. It cannot be the cause of progress because mm-hmm. we can see societies who are political mature that are progressive. And yet we mm-hmm. can also see pl- societies that are political mature, but not developing. Mm, like? Hey, like the Philippines, as I said, my argument is nah. uh, correct. We are political mm-hmm. mature, yet we are under, underdeveloped. So it's not uh-huh. a cause. It's not a cause of anything. As far as I'm concerned, political maturity is more of an effect. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, and the more probable cost would be how we handle our immaturity, how we invite mm-hmm. growth, how we harness our sense of openness and growth, how we mm-hmm. how we maintain a sense of flexibility in our mm-hmm. way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I think that is mm-hmm. the, that is the probable cost of progress. Mm-hmm. Right, and so I suppose it's a good time to actually ask ourselves now, mm. since people use the word political maturity, you know, yeah, how yeah, then yeah. should we use it? Because it clearly, be whether wh- whoever is using it, they're using it clearly wrong. You know, it's an interesting <laughs> you like new way of using it. You know, when it's political immaturity means you can still learn. You can mm. still you have in a way. There's this old Chinese saying wherein. You cannot put water in a cup that's already full. You, know, mm. you have to empty it out. So that's an interesting Asiatic example of what you're saying. So mm. right now, you know, what can we do as it is? Like, how how, how should we mm. uh, deal with political maturity discourse? You know, regarding that Asiatic example, John Dewey actually, mm-hmm. I, I think I already said that John Dewey went to China. He studied briefly mm. in China, so he probably absorbed that one as well. What can we do? Mm-hmm. What can we do? Well, again, the argument for my case, is make us immature again. But uh, regarding the use of the term itself, mm. I think people using the term political maturity must be aware that they are imbuing it with their own bias, mm-hmm. first and foremost. It is not the scientific term for mm-hmm. when they're using it and imbue it with their bias. Kesa ba hindi katulad mo yung tao, immature na ba? That's the same thing that they would they would look at you. They they mm-hmm. the re, the supposed realists in our country, those who are real, mm-hmm. quote unquote realistic enough, they would look at the idealists and say, "Are you mature?" Mm-hmm. While those who are idealistic, mm-hmm. those who have strong principles, strong mm-hmm. uh, sense of purism, they would look at the right. realists and say, "Are you mature?" So mm-hmm. instead of ending up with such a stalemate in discourse, we go back to mm-hmm. what immaturity is and find value in it and mm-hmm. see that growth is nothing mm-hmm. without immaturity. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Mm. Any concrete yeah. ways to do that? Uh, yeah, you can go first. I'll think of more concrete ways regarding that one. <laughs> well, for one thing, no matter what, how we use it, we do mature. We mm. do grow. Yeah. We do yeah. develop. But how we do so is, again, crucial in that, depending on how we do it. So I suppose in the same way we mature as individuals, mm. as a nation, we should at least decide on a model, a role model. In the same way, how I assume you and I mm. use maybe our fathers, our role models, mm. our mentors as, as models of maturity, at the very least, then we should, as a nation, should have role models there. And in a way, that's partially what the people who are using the political maturity discourse are doing. Mm. They are using, as at the very least, what they think to be uh, models for the Philippines. Mm. A lot of it is like Singapore, sometimes Japan. I yeah. think the admiration to, towards Japan is as early as even the Philippine mm. Revolution. You know, mm. Ricarte mm. went to Japan for help just mm. to, against the Americans because they had, at, during that time, Japan was the peak of Asian uh, development. That was the time when yeah. Japan was immature. Ah, yeah, there we go. So I, I suppose, I think political maturity, like the, it's still something important to strive for because mm. it may it guide it is a, a guiding star as to where we're going. We have to know where we're going. 
you know, that's the very sad part, you know, recently in the class, like I tried to ask my students, you know, what makes you feel patriotic? And they struggle to answer, you know, it's like, are you willing to go to war? For example, if you suddenly it was invaded and they, they don't know. And, and I tried to show them like, in um, the 300, you know, mm. like these war speeches by Henry V, you know, mm. particularly the Feast of St. Crispian, and they don't really feel that way. So in some ways, there needs to be, well, there needs to be maybe art or maybe examples or maybe through history where people can see that, oh, these, these during these battles, this army, these men, these this people managed to overcome this adversity at this point in mm. time. So we need to have, I suppose, to use maturity, maybe even as a moving target, but still like a high enough ambition as a nation. Yeah. But but not necessarily just to insult, but to at the very least uh, to insult people, but yeah. to at least a clear vision for everyone, not just to separate the uh, immature for the mature, but yeah. to try to get everyone going in the same direction at the very least. Mm, that is, okay, fair, uh, I understand. Mm. But you know, regarding your question towards your children, so uh, to, towards mm. your towards your students, <laughs> children, uh, well, young did, adults. Did, did, okay, did you feel yeah. disappointed that they could not find an answer to your question? Patriotism? Well, they have to because it's their homework, and I do hope that <laughs> you know what. As, as, they, they do have to find something. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, with regards to your example and your how you elaborated on the question, mm. I don't think that is growth for for mm. for them to say that I will die for your for my country. That is not growth. Mm. War is an old thing. War mm. has been one of the gr- oldest vices of human beings. The willingness to go it's to war, this- how, how can that be growth if you're just repeating eons worth of nonsense? Well, war is... Well, yes, I agree. War is nothing that we would want to repeat. But war, I think I, I think many friends would agree with this, brings out the, cur- the courage of a people. You know, no, it brings I, I, out no, solidarity yeah, no. in the people. Yeah, there so are at, other, at the very least, what there, I tried to get other, them to not necessarily ways. to go to war, but to allow them to at least imagine a, a time wherein they'd be able to fight for their country or to that, do something for that, their country. That so is it's more like a literary, maybe even literary, or I suppose a, again an emotional exercise. That, but uh, yeah, of, so of course, <laughs> even in gyms, we we. Uh, subject our bodies to extreme <clears throat> conditions but at the very least to make the body strong i know i know and, I, I i do yeah. get your point i do get your point about mm-hmm. extreme conditions but there are new extreme mm-hmm. conditions that they can undertake mm. like first and foremost mm-hmm. uh well one extreme condition would be well I'm, I'm thinking of things that are not of war or not old mm. what are the new extreme conditions that can be done building a work-owned enterprise is so difficult that is in that is a new practice Yet it still builds uh, the same sense of collective uh, idea, collective uh, identity. So I, 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 again, I think my response to your recommendation, I have troubles with it. Uh, I am. Mm. I don't want anyone to set any specific target. What I would like to focus on, what I would like mm. education to focus on, is the process of mat- maturity mm. instead of having an ideal of political maturity. To focus mm. on the process itself to ensure that students, that citizens, mm-hmm. will have a conscious grasp of how they mature. And part of mm-hmm. it is to keep immaturity alive as much as possible. Mm. And that, that, is, that is one way. That? Hmm? Towards what direction? That is something that they should determine. 
That's why John Dewey's argument is for democracy. It's not merely mm. immaturity for the sake of set civic standards. You let them decide where to go. That is already mm. a measurement of their attitude and their grasp of the environment of reality. Mm. That is so. So the, the focus is on mm. maturity, the, the process maturity itself. The target is something that they should determine. It will change through time. I don't care how it changes. That's the piece. that's something that I need to. That's something I have to make peace with, because mm. I can set targets for myself. I can set targets for people who can believe me. But such targets mm-hmm. would change through time. Mm-hmm. That is basically the, the the reality of history. Because if we if we would have a single target, mm-hmm. history would not move. <laughs> as far as human history is concerned, we had multiple targets. We had changing targets. So mm. we need to accept that, well, make peace with it, and not impose that on succeeding generations. As Thomas Jefferson have said, one generation have no more right <laughs> to enslave another. It's weird so, you say that, but you necessarily quoted Thomas Jefferson. Do you know what quoting is? Yeah, quoting I'm, is I'm, in I'm a way using, that, that is that is a tradition. Yeah. That is a tradition that is yes. more or less epistemological. Okay. But and in methodological, time, it focuses on methodology. But yeah, you're right. At, it's a tradition the, on liberty. Fine, I'll take sure. I'll take that one. So that's my bias. Sure. But uh, if you know what, if if, if, but, if a society decides to be autocratic in the future, then fine. Mm, but as long as they well, can maintain that sense of immaturity. Here's the problem with that. I think let's look at other countries. They have used different epochs as in a way their models, but not quite. You know, but at the very least, somehow as an inspiration, you know, I suppose people still in that's why we have things like the Renaissance that happened because they they were discovered the Greeks and the Romans, you know, in a way it's modeling, but uh, adapting, you know, at the very least. So there is. Yeah, yeah I think that is still, the, that's the right scholars, term, adaptation, yeah. not modeling. Right. Mm, OK, so at least we uh, we adapt certain ideas as mo- well. What's the word? We, we adapt them, sure, you know, as at least a template, because as human beings, we are mimetic. You know, we try to imitate things that yeah, are important to us. Yeah, that is, that is unavoidable. But we have to, in a way, choose what we imitate or, or adapt. Okay, or... So you basically just agreed with me partially. <laughs> Ad- adapting. OK, I would agree with you. Uh-huh. Adapting. So uh-huh. I, I just got troubled with your notion of modeling. So adapting, mm. I would say yes, but adapting just mm-hmm. to balance out your comment. Uh, yeah, adapting is it's, also mm. maintaining a sense of plasticity, mm. like it's that sense of openness because, and flexibility. Because I understand the danger with like overemphasis in, like, say, for example, a Greek ideal or Roman ideal, and yet, you know, we're st- as scholars, you and I both like stand on the shoulder of giants in the same way some nations stand on. Uh, on the shoulder of their own of nations, they evolved from something else. So it's we have to use that as coordinates to, to plot where we are going. We have to know where we have come from. Seriously, I don't stand in the shoulder of one giant. I move from one mm-hmm. giant to another. That is adaptation. As long as, of course, and that. But the important is, is we have to choose. We do have to choose. We do have to choose. But we can we can make choices differently, but but we still have to make that yeah, choice. I know, yeah, as a nation. I, I agree with that one. I I, may, I agree uh-huh. with the choice, but the choice must in, uh-huh. must be influenced by a sense of immaturity, a sense of newness, mm. a sense of innocence, a sense of wonder of and awe. So and we only have to choose. We have to we look for role models precisely because we are immature. 
but at the same time we do have to balance that and i mean remember every time you someone meets their heroes you get disappointed or sometimes you like even in cobra kai mentioned earlier uh daniel san tried to use the same techniques of um mr miyagi he could not but at the very least he was a he kept some and he tried to adapt it to the new generation so i suppose we That's... still need that uh we still need to keep one leg into like uh in recognition of where we came from and then move forward yeah i would <laughs> say that having yeah. you know uh just let us de-emphasize having role mm. models because having role models are basically it's basically dangerous it is a slippery slope mm. from adaptation to adopting mm-hmm. uh mm. my response to that one is be flexible with your role models have multiple mm-hmm. even contradictory role models if you want mm. Right. But again, do not let the role model determine how you look at reality, how you look mm-hmm. at new experiences. Of course, because you learn so, both from their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah we, we can agree with adaptation. I'm, I'm just mm-hmm. troubled with your use of war as an example. Well, because again, immaturity. Well, someone would, well, people would argue that you know they may, it may be old but it's old for a reason because it is a constant in the human condition in a way it is an old, there's always it a is. shadow of war precisely because it's part of human nature because we have accepted it we've accepted it mm. to be part of human nature besides no, war well, have changed through time has changed yes uh, but it's still there it is still there why because we have established it as a reality that we cannot avoid uh there I, are instances. Jean Jacques Rousseau tried to eliminate war and go against the Hobbesian, uh, and yet Jean Jacques Rousseau is unrealistic. Exactly, exactly. Jean Jacques Rousseau unrealistic is unrealistic to try to do away with war. No, his case is un- his case is unrealistic first and foremost, and uh, mm. he's looking at the Swiss case, which was already tired of war. Mm. But uh, this sense of realism, I don't think mm. it should be a, I don't think it should be a standard for maturity. Mm. No, it is a standard mm. for maturity. I don't mm. think it, it it should be balanced out by immaturity. It's, I always a little for. bit ironic that you know this perhaps this thing that uh, realism when say, overdose of realism gets you stuck in one place. But to be unable to accept it might also be a form of intolerance and it, uh, how you say maturity, don't you think? Yeah, that's why you need to balance it out with a sense of innocence and more or less looking forward to things that are not realistic so you can mm. strive for it. If mm. man is so realistic, he would not have planned to fly. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if, if Leonardo da Vinci was as realistic as basically the, the, the thrust of your logic, he mm. would not have invented and he would not have uh, explored the human body. He would have mm. just settled with the old medieval doctrines about the humors. Of course, because that was the reality at that time. Mm-hmm. So, so always explore, just to, just but, just to balance out but, the sense mm-hmm. of reality, you know, just mm-hmm. to balance out the sense of reality. But I don't know. Even Leonardo da Vinci had his own, how do you say, uh, had his own his own traditions, you know, like Vitruvius. My goodness, the Vitruvian man. Vitruvius was a Greek intellectual, if I'm not a Roman, but well, I think Roman. But yeah, he looked at notes and built upon them. So yeah, and that was his basis on the theory of the body. So yeah. Anyway, but you know, the, the thing is, I'm not satisfied yeah. with the notion of just building on things. Mm. I think that's the crux of my discontent. It's not... Isn't that scholarship? Scholarship is about criticizing. 
your notes or the notes of yes. previous people. It's not about building exactly. on it. The thing is, the notion of building on it is also a dangerous idea because it's too close to adopting. Mm-hmm. So I'll just throw in criticism there. When you say build, when I say building on other people's mm-hmm. works, that means criticizing. Mm, true, to a point. I suppose that's part of maturity, right? It's that constant dance between, yeah. uh, continu- well, continuity and change. There we go. <laughs> Continuity. Continuity uh, is change. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I suppose you still need to tether from the past. I think this is our long ta- term, I say, orientations clashing with each other once again. Hmm. I think we'll end up in the same place. But I suppose that's part of what no, no, really. we are, we yeah. already moved my argument closer to yours. Mm. I think you've already partially agreed with mine. So we learned mm. each other. All right. And that is another <laughs> episode on political maturity. I think so, it went a bit longer than we realized. But <laughs> there we go. Uh-huh. What, hmm. So let's move on to recommendations. Where we recommend the pieces of culture, whether it be a whether it be a poem or a piece of work, a piece of art, a film. So, Borge, do you have anything to recommend for this episode? Well, I would recommend the works I cited with John Dewey. If, if you people can find it, you can, if you can find mm-hmm. Again, John Dewey, just to give you a background, is, a, is an American mm-hmm. psychologist uh, mm-hmm. and philosopher, one of the apologists mm-hmm. of pragmatism, 20th century, to be more specific. Mm-hmm. And I think the works that you have cited either in, ignored him or misinterpreted him but you can w- look at the works of John Dewey Democracy in Education or the shorter one which is Experience in Education he was mm-hmm. really aware that his works would not be accepted he called his system progressive and he knows the dangers anyway that's one part mm-hmm. the other uh, the other one that I would like to emphasize which is to an extent Dewey and in, in hindsight mm-hmm. I should have realized this one before is the movie American History X mm-hmm. so plot no twist it's about uh, it's about the racist who became an ex-racist. Mm-hmm. So there he experienced certain things that made him change his values and his attitudes mm. towards mm-hmm. race, and uh, that is square in to John Dewey's argument regarding the value of being open to experience and making students open to experiences. So. Mm-hmm. The, the impact of experience in education. So, mm-hmm. yeah, American History X and uh, John Dewey would mm-hmm. be nice. Mm. Ikaw, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I th- I'm, I'm tempted to change it. But, well, the one the thing that I was beginning, I was recommending from the beginning was the, I think I've talked about this before, but I think I'll recommend mm. it maybe again, uh, is Steven Spielberg's Lincoln, which talks about, of course, Abraham Lincoln. The, mm. the, and, of course, this is a different. Of course, there's a commentary on you know American politics. Sometimes some people say it's the best adaptation of it, mm. but it shows that people know Abraham Lincoln with divine status as honest Abe, <coughs> as one of the great orators of America. Mm. But he is also he also engaged in corruption. <coughs> he also engaged in compromise, and he yep. al- he also engaged in outright lies. Mm. So. On the one hand, he was seen as one of the great statesmen. He, mm. if people don't really go back to this anymore, I don't know why. Yeah. But if you remember the image of Mount Rushmore, you have George mm. Washington and then Abraham Lincoln and then two other like Roosevelt, I think. Tom, Tom, Tom Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. 
Yes. Those are the four great American presidents. People don't really remember this anymore, but yeah. Mm. And yet one of those people outright lied or even, well, he, well, he tried to reunite people during the civil war, but he, in a way, because of his actions made the lore, the war last longer. Mm. So in some ways it's difficult to say it, whether it's mature or not, but it managed to, well, achieve his goals of going through the 13th Amendment, which is to mm. end slavery. Mm. But as, as a result, he sacrificed many lives. You know, he knew mm. at the end that mm. he sacrificed mm. many, like he made the war last longer than mm. it should have, or it could have. It could have ended the war mm. sooner, but yeah. he used it as a bargaining chip. So uh, mm. to pass the bill. So yeah. it's very difficult. Um, I suppose uh, another one I, I'd like to recommend, but I haven't f- fully finished, was this series. One of the most controversial mm. se- anime series was Gundam Age, and Gundam mm. Age is called it's called Age because it's it's weird, it's it's very unique. There are mm. actually I think three to four plots, and it starts with the protagonist. It's a standard thing. Protagonist discovers Gundam, he pilots it, wins the day. The weird thing is that the next arc, it's basically his a son, his son who goes through the same image, but uh, mm. the journey, the same journey. And the weird thing is that some characters from the previous generation, they, in the, sometimes they switch sides as time goes on. Mm. Sometimes they, one, at one point they fought on the same side, the other they became the terrorist. At, at other point, mm. he actually, uh, spoiler alert, maybe, some mm. like he even fought his father, you know, mm. and as the main villain, even though in the previous season, he was the hero. Hmm. So, they, so the Gundam, of course, is the indicator of the protagonist. But eventually, the, today's Gundam pilot might be the big bad of the next season. So hmm. it just shows uh, three generations of Gundam pilots and how they've changed be- hmm. throughout time. So that's nice. one thing, maturity. And hmm. as you mature, you can eventually become the bad guy. Same thing with hmm. like, uh, <laughs> but my God. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, like he started as the chosen one, and then all of a sudden, poof, as older, the older he became of Darth Vader, and eventually he he was the one who killed the Emperor Palpatine, not Luke mm. Skywalker. So that in despite his age being the father figure, he eventually mm. well, his his soul was saved because he was able to change at the very last moment mm. of his life. So that's one thing. It's it's so in a way, but immaturity is the capacity that bears the capacity for I suppose growth. change of growth. But at the very least, perhaps what I can what I can add is um, not ultimate maturity, but I suppose the gradual maturity at the very least is guided uh, progression, mm. and it's not it, yeah. So it's guided progression, but that's Fair. not just immaturity for immaturity's sake. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would agree with that. But you know, regarding Lincoln, just to give mm. more context to that movie, there's there's more mm. to that movie if you actually know Lincoln's political history. The, mm-hmm. the, the Lincoln became a great pres- president. Because of two things, mm. he was an advocate and he was a politician. Right. Uh, he needed to be immature mm. to grow as a politician. Mm. His electoral victory mm. in the White House, he actually won by siding with one of the most corrupt men in America at that time. Mm. One of the Tammany Hall boss bosses who mm. gave him the votes that he needed. He actually commented. He, he actually made that guy a cap- cabinet member. And his comment, I, I, I think I, I, I may be reinterpreting. His comment is that man is so corrupt. The only thing he would not, the only, the only thing he would not steal is a hot stove. So mm-hmm. he uh, allied himself with one of the most corrupt men in the United States, and that is his, yeah. 
that is him being immature, yet that is his way of growing as a politician. And he would not have achieved, he would not have achieved the, 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 the 13th Amendment without that sense of flexibility. So again, to those who are arguing for political maturity and immaturity, ask, is Lincoln mm -hmm. mature or immature? Mm -hmm. So, I suppose I think one thing we have yeah. to say is it's never dichotomous. We're always in the yeah. process yeah. of maturation. Maturation. Yeah, matur yeah. Matur mm -hmm. yeah maturation. It's important at least to know what we are as immature people, like ultimately yeah. mature and stagnant in immaturity, and mm. how we, sh in a way, we should look like or what we can look like as mature, but even we can mm. surpass that. And mm. in so many ways, we can also surpass our role models or even yeah. what people we admire yeah. so we should always keep growing i think that's the main point here yeah, always keep growing point. always keep growing yeah and uh, uh, utilizing political maturity as a rhetorical device doesn't really help <laughs> yeah okay. all right so that's a long episode yeah we're, we're not yet done with this <laughs> we're not yet done but we'll get back to this somehow but yeah. uh this is all is it for now and if you enjoyed the pi podcast please continue to Follow us at Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube, and pretty soon in Facebook once we figure that out. <laughs> if you have any comments or suggestions, please send us an email at pipodcastph at gmail.com. But until the next episode, magandang gabi, mga PI.